welcome to another wonderful week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We are so happy to hang out with each other and with you. We're going to be talking about some yarny stuff and some witchy stuff, but first we always start out with news. I've got a little bit this week. Uh, I'm an Etsy seller and Etsy will be striking from April 11th to April 18th. This is if you're listening to us in the very far future in the year 2022, (laughs) but there's going to be a variety of ways that Etsy sellers are going to be um, putting their shops on vacation or, you know, deactivating listings and such. And we're just asking the public to support and not buy anything from Etsy during those times to show Etsy that they need to treat their sellers a little more fairly. Yes. Excellent. And then you've got some news of a more, more cheerful nature. Yes, uh, I am going to be vending at some shows in person. Uh, The first one is the Crafty Supermarket in Cincinnati, and that is April 16th, which is a Saturday, and it is from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Music Hall Ballroom, and there's going to be a bunch of artists there. I saw someone was making fancy cakes that they're going to be selling, little mini cakes there, so I might get myself a mini cake snack during the day (laughs) Uh, yes and i will have all of my pins including the new totally 90s witch stuff there so come check me out and then the week after that i will be vending in louisville which is my hometown i will be at the paris town spring into derby art fair uh in the paris town area which runs uh april 22nd through the 24th it's all day on saturday and sunday and it's just a couple hours at the end of the day on friday um it is outdoors so come see me there too i will also have all of the things there yay Yay. And then I have one last news, which is the day that this uh, audio episode comes out, April 12th, I have a free pattern dropping. It's called the Vanilla Macaroon, and it is a free pattern to make a crescent shawl using a sock set of yarn. So it's garter stitch. It's cozy. It's nice. You should make one. Uh, And I'll talk about more versions of the pattern later in this episode. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So you told me that you finished something. I did. Can I see it? Yeah, it's socks. It's socks. They are so cheerful. They're pink and then yellowy greeny and kind of stripey. Yeah, they make me want to drink hurricanes because they're called (laughs) 3 a.m. on Bourbon Street. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, And they're dyed by Teeny Button Studio, who lives in New Orleans, so... Fun, festive New Orleans socks. Uh, I bought this yarn when I visited New Orleans from a local yarn shop there, and it's been in my stash for a while, but now it's socks. So that's exciting. Um, They're just vanilla socks. I am going to put them in yield a gift pile uh, because why not? So those are done now and they are socks. I I love how different because you use the same yarn all throughout. And it kind of micro striped, not micro striped, but it kind of cool striped. And, mm-hmm. but in the heels, it just looks more variegated and all jumbled up and it's very cute. Yeah. It's fun. The joys of using indie dyed variegated yarn. Yes. Nice. I did not finish anything because okay. my life has been hectic, <laughs> mm-hmm. but my knitting time has increased dramatically. So expect finished objects from me more regularly, but I did put a lot of work into my northeasterly blanket, which is the only project that like I've been really into lately. 
and I have, it is, and they're not all finished, but it is seven stripes wide. Oh, it's big. Yeah. Yeah. It can like cover one like petite lap while I'm working on it. I have five finished stripes and I have uh, two additional partial stripes. I think it looks, I think it looks really good. It's fun. You're currently and working in a color that I made a nitpick sample of. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me really happy. And it, I like having the yarns that you gave me and some uh, knit group friends gave me. It makes, makes me happy. It looks cozy. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I've just, my other two projects are the same socks I've been working on, but I've put a, put a little dent in them. I just finished the ribbing second section on my second yoga sock this Ooh, morning. Nice. Yeah. So I'm almost on my way to having a pair of knee-high yoga socks, you know, now that it's getting warm. Mm-hmm. But all done with that. I've all got all the little footy section done. It's just ribbing and this really fun Haverland yarn in her BFL base. Nice. I'm pretty jazzed on it. All that information will be in the show notes, but it's a really fun, like blue green situation going on here. But more excitingly, I did put a teeny bit of work into my color work socks yeah. that you are designing at my behest. And I started working on the heel. Oh, nice. Of, it looks good. Mm-hmm, the heel of my, uh, what were we calling him? The Tanuvial sock? No, Luthien sock. Luthien, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of a character from the Silmalarian. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the Silmalarian isn't for everyone, but if you like reading Lord of the Rings, I highly recommend the tale of Baron and Luthien. Mm-hmm. Nice. That looks good. And so I must've written the heel, right? If it's working out. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. I really like how distinct the motif is continuing from the back of the leg into the heel. You've incorporated some nice slip stitch. So it'll be a nice durable heel. And I look forward to continuing working on it. And it has been a joy to work on while I am listening to fellowship of the ring. So festive. Oh, and also we're officially into quarter two of the there and back again, knit along, which we are hosting. And mm-hmm. uh, basically I'm giving away prizes every quarter. If you do any tolkien projects and tell me about it. Yeah, do it. I guess it, mm-hmm. it's fun. Any fiber art, any, any Tolkien theming, be it yarn or pattern, come join our public discord server. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. That's all I've been knitting. Will you show me the I rest have. of the things you've been knitting? the top of my second sock (gasps) of the same pattern gorgeous gorgeous so it's just a little top i've just started the color work Mm -hmm. so that's going along i like the way the finished sock turned out it's really pretty i do too and then i also have worked a bit on my poly pocket version of the macaroon box shawl this is the fourth iteration yes i have (laughs) finished i ran out of the mini skein so this mm-hmm. is about as big as it was running out of the mini skein. And I've just started my first like row mm-hmm. without. It looks like cotton candy. Cup. It does. That might be what I call the macaroon flavor for it. Because, yes. Yeah. It's very cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Um, And that is, that's what I got. Cool. A nice easy week of crafting for us. Mm-hmm. And I know we both said we didn't acquire anything so that we can jump into a cold corner and we thought we'd talk about another rock. We talk about turquoise this week. Oh, nice. You have an example. I didn't have any turquoise in my home to use. Oh, I think this is the only one I have. Very Mm -hmm. nice. Very nice. 
turquoise ring that I picked up from Gaelicious, which if you're ever in South Lake Tahoe and you need like world market, fair tradey, semi-witchy items, go to Gaelicious. They're rad people. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of folklore on turquoise, but I think it's really interesting that it comes from all over the world. There's uh, deposits that have been known since the um, old kingdom in Egypt, like 3000 BC in the Sinai Peninsula. There's deposits in China, of course, all over the Middle East and uh, lots in the new world too. So it is a stone that is common to all peoples. Yeah. And turquoise, I'm sure you know what it looks like because it's named named a color, uh, but it is an opaque blue to green mineral and it is a hydrated phosphate of copper and aluminum. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the word turquoise comes from the rock. Uh, so when you talk about the color turquoise, that comes from the rock. And that word for the rock originally came from the French word for Turkish uh, because the mineral was first brought to them by Turkey. And it is one of the only stones that has named a color like that, that we use really common colloquially. Like, obviously, we know that sapphire and amethyst mean blue and purple, respectively, but they, you don't, you really use just the word sapphire to describe a color as common as you do turquoise. Um, And the only other minerals that uh, have that are gold, silver, and copper. So I thought that was interesting that it is such a common word because of the rock being pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I saw another entomological fact about turquoise. Apparently in Arabic, it comes from the word for victory or victorious. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. I am not going to try and pronounce it. Uh, What other interest? I just really liked when I was Googling turquoise, just seeing all the different sorts of colors that are Uh, from all the different parts of the world. Like apparently the stuff from Iran is a really nice Robin's egg blue. And that's like the original, like ancient world standard. And it's apparently, and different peoples have valued different aspects of turquoise with like the veining with other minerals or not. But like for, for the ancients, they really liked the Robin's egg blue unoccluded stuff from Iran. Whereas in other parts of the world, like in the Americas, we see it like webbed with all sorts of stuff. I found, did you see any pictures of the Bisbee turquoise from America? I don't know if I did, but it's really dark blue with kind of like dark veining through it. And I cool. thought it was really pretty. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Turquoise is a relatively soft stone uh, mm-hmm. in terms of it's being used for jewelry. Um, it has a Mohs hardness of just under six. Uh, so it's only slightly harder than window glass. So mm-hmm. not that hard. It's also can be porous, which means that it can absorb liquids. So it can be damaged by your, like your sweat or your body oil or like cleaning products or anything liquid that comes into contact with it. So a lot of turquoise that is used in jewelry has been treated to uh, fill in those pores with a substance. So I thought that was interesting that we like to wear it, but it's not very durable. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that ancient Egyptians were aware of this and they would often coat it with wax to Mm -hmm. preserve it. But also in some parts of the ancient world, it was like ye old mood ring because it would like change color, darken or lighten depending on 
what chemicals and or like body chemicals it had been exposed to and be like, oh, it turns dark. It means this or it's it's washing out. It means somebody's doing this in your life, which I thought it was pretty cool that turquoise was like the ancient version of like the hematite ring that breaks when it's absorbed too much bad energy when really hematite just doesn't. It's just not very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, but back to I like the uh, oldie mood ring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to ancient Egypt, one of the uh, oldest known uh, turquoise mines in the Sinai Peninsula was obviously it was known, you know, five thousand years ago to the Egyptians, and it's associated with the goddess Hathor. There was a temple to Hathor a few miles away, and she was associated with turquoise. Hathor is a very multi-dimensional goddess, but associated with anything feminine. So like motherly, nurturely, wifely things and or like dancing and joy and love, just like all those things. And she is often associated with the cow. Cool. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the meanings and significance of turquoise are just that color theory stuff that we keep coming back to, like blue being uh, in some places, protection from evil eye or like clarity or wisdom or truth or sky, mm-hmm. sky or water, you know, because it's blue like the sky or water. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in Iranian architecture, blue turquoise was often on the domes of palaces because it is uh, associated as a symbol of heaven on earth because sky. I thought it was interesting that the Aztecs saw it as an embodiment of fire so they were like really like branching off from left field of everyone else uh and they thought it had properties of heat and smokiness Mm -hmm. i saw that and i was absolutely intrigued by the turquoise mosaic masks that the aztecs those are cool that that is so worth a google image search like it's just google you know aztec turquoise mosaic masks of course it's in the british museum you know if you are just listening to us, we both rolled our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, also uh, some North American native tribes, uh, Pueblo, Navajo and Apache tribes uh, use turquoise for different decorative purposes or uh, as amulets for different things. Uh, the Apache tribe believed that it would give the archer true aim, uh, yeah. which is kind of cool. I think maybe that has affected our like, meaning of it having clarity today and uh also they used it in like mosaics or sculptural work and they didn't really use it with metal Mm -hmm. uh the early native americans but obviously we have a strong association with like southwest uh native american artisans making silver and turquoise jewelry today and that's still really popular today and that started to become popular in the late 1800s because native americans started using coin silver to make jewelry and they were inspired by a european uh jewelry fashion and then like took that inspiration to try and make money from their oppressors so I thought that was neat. Another interesting fact I saw about the popularization of turquoise jewelry was obviously it was known to the Egyptians. The Egyptians were fond of using it in the color scheme with uh, carnelian and lapis lazuli. That was their like favorite three colors to put together for jewelry. Uh, And then I know we've talked about this in previous occult corners, but when the Victorians went like all nuts with loving everything Egyptian in their goth colonizer phase, (laughs) they started uh, wanting 
uh, turquoise jewelry because it was featured in Egyptian amulets and, ah, and jewelry. Cool. It's about all the fun facts I had, but I, I just think it's cool how all these like little threads that are starting to pull together when you start looking at, you know, world history or history of like the weird, curious things in the world. It's all just kind of coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bonus fun fact. It's December's birthstone in like mm-hmm. modern birthstone assignments. So that's festive. And I thought uh, as I was reading all of these different uh, cultural associations with it throughout the world, I thought it was interesting that you can make uh, turquoise work as a stone for all four elements. If you look at all of the different cultural associations, like different people have it for water or sky, uh, Aztecs got that fire in there and it mm-hmm. is a rock. So of course it could be for earth so yeah multi-purpose I've seen some people in the americas and by that i mean both indigenous peoples and modern colonizers and settlers have uh, seen and interpreted the other minerals that kind of work their way through and spider web through turquoise to be like a union of sky and land or water and land between like the blue to blue or green colored turquoise and then the other minerals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. awesome Yay. And that is the fun facts we found about turquoise, which is one of my favorite rocks to look at. Rock facts with Emily and Lauren. (laughs) Yay. Well, excellent. If that wraps it up for us, we're going to talk about some shameless self-promotion and be on our merry way. So I am having an update on Sunday, April 10th which is right before the Etsy strike. So if you want stuff from me, get it on the 10th or you'll have to wait a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, it will be a Tolkien themed update for me there and back again, make long, which is going all year long. I will be having a return of my Imladris self-striping ah. colorway, mm-hmm. which is very nice. And then coordinating colorway, a Ren deal. So if you needed to make any heels, toes or cuffs or coordinating projects, I have matching colorway here. And it's nice and soft and reminiscent of the colors in Rivendell. Totally. I will also be having my one of my favorite variegated ones, which is Shortcut to Mushrooms. It's kind of half creamy colored and half like brownie orangey, and it's covered in grungy speckles. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun. mushroomy and fun. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have a new self striping. This is Tom Bombadil. Oh, it's fun wound up. Yeah, as someone pointed out in the uh, our favorite Kevin Discord, it's very rustic. It's five stripes. We have a light brown, a kind of buttery yellow, a nice sky blue, and some green, and kind of like um, a bricky red mm-hmm. for everybody's favorite unhinged forest man, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> and that's what I'll be having. Nice. What have you got going on, Emily? I got all sorts of stuff. Um, So much. My Kickstarter is ending this week. It will end at 8 a.m. on Thursday the 14th. So for all intents and purposes, it's ending the 13th. So back it by the 13th if you want to back my uh, Deathly Cute, a morbidly adorable pin collection Kickstarter. There are 11 pin designs. There are two stitch marker designs now, a cute ghost kitty and a 
mushroom. Uh, there is a mushroom notepad that is our final stretch goal to unlock. There's washi tape, a mushroom project bag, and Little tiny skull earrings. Tiny skull earrings. There's all sorts of cute stuff over there. So check that out if you have backed. Uh, the backer kit survey will go out a couple weeks after it ends when you will tell me what stuff you want and you can add any things you might have missed. And that's all very exciting. And then my other big news is that the macaroon box shawl is releasing on April 12th. And the macaroon box is the paid companion pattern to the vanilla macaroon shawl that we talked about earlier. Um, so this pattern is going to debut for five bucks and you will get the free pdf of the vanilla macaroon but you will also get the uh pdf for the lavender macaroon which is what i'm holding up Mm -hmm. here which is a really lovely uh crescent shawl with some nice extra big eyelets and then a really cute sweet little lace border at the end Mm -hmm. and I already have another version of this pattern knit up and I'm working on a fourth one uh, that we talked about in the Polly Pocket yarn. So my plan is that I'm going to add new versions to this pattern every now and then, and I'm going to make it cost more money each time I add a new version. So you should buy it when it's $5 and then you'll get those other versions for free. (laughs) And yeah, they're all going to be named for different macaroon flavors. Thus the macaroon box name for the overall pattern. I think it's a fun idea. Uh, I hope you also think it's a fun idea and all of the shawls are perfect for sock sets worth of yarn. So I know we all have sock sets that we have gotten from various clubs or just were too pretty to use for socks. Uh, so use up those sock sets and make some nice little wearable crescent shawls. They're all very cute. Thank you. Excellent. So if you're looking to find out anything about us, just head on over to fibercoven.com. You can find out more about our Patreon. You can find out more about Emily's pattern and merch, and you can find links to my Etsy shop. We would love to have you hang out with us in all of those places. And we're so thankful that you hang out with us here. So until next week, Coven, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.